bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to salute your Hey everybody, you're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. I'm Chris Mitchell. I'm here behind the boards today just to give the homie James Stanley a little bit of a break. Wrong wrong lever! (laughs) Wrong lever. (laughs) Anyways, of course, we also have Zach Berman here now. Uh Oh! You're just gonna blow me off like that, you know? If you if you touch that button, that's actually the eject chair. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna shoot that, you right. True. It's yeah. gonna shoot you up right into the Demundo's kitchen. So Shh, don't <laughs> good don't grief. don't tell the underclassmen this. <laughs> this is secret knowledge. Anyways, uh, yeah. So what we are is we are a Mizzou sports talk show. We'll talk about anything and everything <laughs> that is to do with Mizzou sports. So uh, it's been a pretty busy past couple of weeks. So you know what? Before we get into it, I want all three of us just to take a deep breath, inhale, exhale. <laughs> there we go. Let's start with Thanksgiving. How was everybody's Thanksgiving? Oh, I had uh, I had four in two days. So oh, really? Days, so. Dang. Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, man. What'd you have? Or what was the... What was the best one? Yeah, what was the entree highlight? Entree highlight was definitely... Uh, Definitely my girlfriend's family's turkey. Ooh. Then, I'd uh, have it. Uh, actually, I don't think he really did. Uh, her dad cooked. I don't think he really did anything to it. He just threw it in the oven. Okay. I had uh, had some uh, smoked turkey Ooh, at boy. my uncle's place. I think he smoked it like two different ways. And then there was another kind of turkey. I think that one came out the oven. But either way, I had three different kinds of turkey on Thanksgiving. All of it did, delicious. Did you have fried turkey? Uh, no, unfortunately. Never had fried turkey. Ooh, Everyone's just is great. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So, so it's also dangerous. Catch your house on fire. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, it depends on how you do it. If if you lack initiative, it might. I don't know. How about you, Berman? Hey, Uncle Scott, you you killed the turkey this year. Well, he brined it first, and then he roasted it overnight. Did he shoot it? As no. in he killed it? No, I I think the the friendly folks that work for Costco might have had something to do with that. <laughs> but factory. My dad, my brother, and I were charged the stuffing and Brussels sprouts and. We put like chorizo and poblano peppers and cornbread. Did you did you put the stuffing inside the turkey? No, no, okay. No. I don't think anybody does that anymore. Yeah. No, it, it's like it doesn't cook all the way through. No, it's, it's like it's so unsanitary. It's also like a major <laughs> sal- salmonella risk. So yep. like, there's that. Also, with the advances we've made in uh, uh, cooking technology inside the kitchen, I feel like it's not even that necessary anymore. Because I feel like people used to do that to save time, right? Right. Just so, like, you have two things, like, cooking at once. Anyways. I think that's also back in the days when they would blacken the turkey, too. <laughs> Man. I can't even imagine trying to cook both those things. Man, people really didn't know how to cook turkey. Well, in in the spirit of Thanksgiving, the Mizzou fan base has been brined and slow roasted overnight. I tell you what, Missouri fans got to have their cake and eat it too with beating Arkansas and having Barry Odom fired. Yeah. Uh, Did they really beat Arkansas though? That game was so. like... It shows up in the dub column. Well, the Oh no, because the, the NCAA is going to make them vacate it. <laughs> They're not going to make us vacate the battle line trophy. That's right. No, will they? It's way, <laughs> come try it. It's way too heavy. 
Well, yeah, I don't think any is singular. Is there just going to be a package that shows up in Fayetteville and it's a trophy? <laughs> hey, we got it vacated. It's yours. Enjoy it. Now you, <laughs> now you got to split it in half. Uh, Mizzou keeps the Missouri side. Arkansas keeps the Arkansas side. Pay on deliver, too. It'd probably be uh, probably $2,000 in shipping. Yeah. You know what? They should replace the Battle Line trophy with a... Uh, uh, a five-piece tender from Raising Cane's. That'd be fine. <laughs> Should be six-piece so they can split it. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway. the winner gets a third piece. Okay. So, first things first, on the Mizzou event timeline, we have... <sighs> we regret to inform you that the NCAA did, in fact, uphold their bull ban on uh, Mizzou football, as well as other postseason activities for programs like Mizzou basketball, and I believe Mizzou baseball and softball as well. No, basketball doesn't affect. Yeah, it's not basketball. Not basketball. It's, oh, okay. so, it's softball, baseball, and football. Oh, basketball okay. will just self-impose a bo- uh, tournament ban by losing to Charleston Southern. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, to that in a minute. We'll, we'll get to that after the break. So that happened, and I believe all the other like fines, recruiting, dampenings, all those went through as well. So that's going to be a bummer coming up. But on the bright side, at least <laughs> Mizzou didn't shoot itself in the foot by uh, disqualifying itself from getting bull banned because they ended the season six and six with a win against Arkansas, where I think half the team had mumps. <laughs> they were on their, onto their like fourth string. And, and yeah, it, it got kind of hairy. And then Mizzou just slowly like started to pull away. And then both teams decided, all right, as we're I said done here. in the station group chat to the NCAA, thank you for saving two or three members of this radio station, a trip to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Birmingham would be a nice town to visit. What bowl do you think they would? Do you think they would have gotten tax slayer? Tax slayer. Where's the tax slayer? Uh, it's the Gator Bowl, which actually is that in Jacksonville? Yeah, the Gator Bowl. Oh boy, the Gator Bowl Some used bowl. to be like one of the one of like the premier bowls. Yeah, and then just slowly like faded out of relevance. Like you know what's going to be the next <laughs> premier bowl? That's not true. They were in the AFC Championship game. I'm t- no, I'm talking about the city. Oh. I'm telling you, <laughs> even still, the New Year's Six is going to become County, the baby. New Year's Seven, and they're going to put Vegas as a top tier bowl. Are you once, serious? Yeah, well, once the new stadium comes out. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, the what's going to be there? The Las Vegas. Poinsettia Bowl? Uh, Isn't that what it's called? The I can't no, the Poinsettia Bowl is San Diego. The Vegas Bowl is like, I think it's just sponsored by the city of Las Vegas. It used to be sponsored by something else. I know. Sponsored I just, by Caesars. I just played NCAA 14. It, it was named something else outside the Las Vegas Bowl. I can't remember off the top of the dome. But anyways, unfortunately, no mid to lower tier bowl game for Mizzou. So here we are. Uh, on fr- uh, on Friday was it? Friday the game was Friday, and then we all went to bed. Uh, and then, then on, on Saturday, Saturday morning, where were you guys? Uh, I was asleep in the bathroom. I, I was on a plane. I was asleep after a long, hard night of having a good time at a barcade in Kansas City. <laughs> I was uh, I was coming out of the shower, and my girlfriend's dad yells, "Missouri fired Odom," and I yell back, "Ha ha, that's a funny joke." Yeah, so, no, my brother, like, busted into my room, like, early in the morning. <laughs> He's like, Chris, wake up. And I'm just like, uh, not opening my eyes, because he just woke me up, and I'm kind of irritated. I was like, what? And he was like, uh, Mizzou fired Barry Odom. And then my eyes just like, you know that, you know that uh, meme of Squidward sleeping? Yep. And then, like, the eye, that was me. I was just like, huh? So I immediately checked Twitter, and like, yep, once you know it, uh, Mizzou fired Barry Odom. Now, before we get any further into this. What? I don't get to tell my side of the story, or I just get Oh, like, yes. I'm sorry. Berman, I'm all right. sorry. Picture the scene. I'm trying to, like, time My flight got canceled back here Saturday morning, so I ended up having to fly through Atlanta. Ouch. Shout out to Will Nolte. Hey. He was sitting right there. That's right. Uh, ATL. Two kids next to me. I was in the window. Two kids next to me, in the middle in the aisle, 
were students at Auburn, and they were rushing back to the Deep South to get back to Auburn by kickoff for the Iron Bowl. Oh, that's true. Oh, and gosh, we both had, like, time. and we all had, like, those little, like, seatback TV screens, and somehow, someway, we were talking about how we wanted our coaches fired. And I'm like, guys. <laughs> they want can, Gus Malzahn fired? Can, what they is, always people want Gus Malzahn <laughs> fired. People always want Gus Malzahn fired. Missouri would gladly take him on so, Are you kidding me? I decided, to, I decided to doze off. My headphones were plugged into the TV. And I'm hearing yada, yada, yada. I have college game day on. And all of a sudden, I hear Reese Davis. Breaking news out of the SEC. Gabe Darmond has reported that the Missouri Tigers have fired Barry Odom, and my eyes just shot open. I was like, guys, did you hear that? And they were like, yeah, we did. We're next. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> we're next. <laughs> See, like, that sounds very, like, ominous and foreboding, but it's also, like, a prayer to God. Just like, please, <laughs> we're next. Please, God. But, hey, man. Eh. What? I was <laughs> so excited. And then they went to a very uneventful Iron Bowl. I was so excited. I ran out of the airport and gave the uh, the gate agent on my flight to Kansas City a, uh, a fist bump. So, <laughs> yeah. Say a hug. If you give him a hug, the, uh, you know, the TSA might get mad. I mean, I really wish I had just now. run down the moving sidewalk. Let's go! They fire Barry Odom. Leave we're going to be relevant again. Let's go! But no, that was not the case. And now we're here. Now we're here. Now, when I woke up, uh, the other one of the first thing I did was I checked in on Stephen Godfrey, uh, one of the Banner Society guys, because I figured, oh, he's like a reporter. He's got like you know sources, names deep in there. So here's what he was told. And so here's, and by osmosis, here's what I was told. Don't know if it's like 100%, but anyways, I trust his sources enough. So here's what he was told. That Barry Odom, earlier in the week, the week of the Arkansas game, I want to say right around the time they announced the bull band, or right before that, went to the athletic director, Jim Sturk, and asked for a public uh, vote of confidence. Which, I mean, I get but it's also not really something you ask if you're a head coach, really, on a bull band season. Year. When you've lost to uh, Wyoming and well, Vanderbilt. <laughs> well, even beyond that, we we can get into the technicalities of that later. So he asked for a vote of confidence. So Jim Stark took it over with the president or the board of curators, one of the two. Board of curators, I believe. Yeah, someone called him the presidents. Uh, they most likely meant the board of curators. So, what about the board of curating presidents? Ooh, I like that branding. Anyway, so well, the board of curating presidents isn't that who's investigating Donald Trump right now? Uh, no, that's a band. They made a uh, Cleveland Roxanne Lump. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> that's really that's a real deep cut. <laughs> anyway, so board of curators don't have anything solid for Jim Stark. Jim Stark doesn't really have anything solid for Barry Odom, so he said, "Hey, man, why don't you come back later? And we can't really give you anything right now. It's like a solid vote, yay or nay." So Odom takes this to believe that he is going to get fired if they can't, you know, give him like a quick answer. So he relays this to his staff and his friends over at Mizzou. And he basically says that they really don't believe in us, the higher ups at Mizzou. So we are more than likely going to get fired. So everyone in those circles sort of talk about it. And that sort of back channels its way back to Jim Stark. And he's just furious. He's just like, what the heck, dude? And then he turned into Vince McMahon and said those two magical words to Barry Odom. And then, yeah. So basically what we're saying is the word on the street is that Barry Odom sort of willed his own firing into existence, doing so, something that he really didn't need to do, which is, man, if I can't think of a better way to sort of illustrate how 
Man, it's really tough to be a first like first time ever head coach in the SEC because there's just so much that you just need to like feel through, get like right. And yeah, this is a pretty good microcosm of the pitfalls of being a first time ever head coach because there's a lot of things you really don't do right, and we can get into a little bit more than that later when we want to get into Odom's legacy. So here we are now. We uh, as fans. Uh, Mizzou is one of, I want to say, nine or ten FBS teams. That has a coaching vacancy that, right Yeah, now. that are looking for a new head coach. Now, we thought USC was one of them, but they aren't anymore. Well, I kind, I kind of figured this would happen. That they would. I figured Clay Helton had at least one more year because, I mean, USC finished like 8-4 and four or something. Which isn't like terrible, but not also great by the elevated USC standards. But I don't know. If they start out like sub-500 or whatever... Midway through the season, Helton's probably fired. But anyways, beyond that, there are some teams that Mizzou is going to have to compete with in order to get a college football coach or a coach that they can at least say, you know what, that's our guy. And so far, there's been a few names out there. Uh, what names have been sort of like, let's do like a quick little like hop order real quick. What are some names that really jump out of the page to you? Washington. Now, let George Washington? The University of Washington. Chris Peterson is stepping down. I mean, like, for Mizzou, like, what sort of, like, coaching... Oh, you're pro- talking... I thought you were talking coaching- about schools. No, no. I'm, as far as, like, what sort of, like, coaching prospects are you looking at for Mizzou? Now, I want to preface this by saying we should probably keep it to... Realistic options? Yeah. So, no, like, Urban Myers, no, like, Jim Morris or whatever, or no one, like, super-duper, like, expensive with stupid buyouts, just, like, you know... So, like, Josh Heupel? Because... <laughs> I mean... Because I don't want Heupel. In, 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 I, think, I think in a vacuum, I think Heupel's perfect for the job. 23-5 as a head yeah, coach at those at were UCF. none of his players. Those were all Scott Frost guys. But the main issue is that he has a $10 million buyout and Jim Sturk's best friends with UCF's athletic director, so that'll never happen. Uh... See, I thought Mike Leach was going to be the guy, but then Washington State just extended him today. Yeah, I have my own sort of like <laughs> reservations with Mike Leach. So and basically, no any, pirate hats for the station. Unfortunately. Also, yeah. I don't know. I'm not like for this hire, I'm not super into like, I don't know, the big personality guys like Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach or anyone like that. Because I feel like it's kind of easy for them to sort of like get away with being like goofy, weird, strange or like abrasive towards like media and like Pullman. Or in Lubbock, or uh, where, where's FAU at? Shoot. The Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Places like that. I feel like it's going to be a little bit harder for those sticks to pass in, like, the SEC. Lane Kiffin already tried it in the SEC. And odds are he's going back because he seems like he has the job in Fayetteville all for the taking. Uh, either Fayetteville or Ole Miss, really. It's a, it's a coin flip. Anyways, so, wait, where are the other... Big vacancies because Washington. I think they're just going to hire the assistant. Well, Memphis will be will be a vacancy. Memphis will be a vacancy. Florida Boston State. College is a vacancy. Florida, Florida State. State is a vacancy. Ole Miss, Arkansas. Uh, Rutgers just got Chiano back. Shoot, I saw a complete list somewhere. Anyways, uh, Colorado State, I guess. Colorado cause State. I, yeah, because Mike Bobo is stepping down. Which I mean, if I were him, I'd just go back to Georgia and just coast. Anyways, James, head coaches, anyone come off like the top of the dome for you? Well, the one that that, re- that really sticks out from just earlier today, and that's uh, all the things that uh, 
that were they were getting released is uh, Robert Blake Anderson. The, uh, yeah, the uh, Arkansas uh, State. Yeah, the Arkansas State which guy. Which I, I think would be a disastrous hire. I think that's that's maybe maybe a step above, if not the same step, Barry Odom's on. Yeah, that's a Kim Anderson hire. It's, that, it, exactly. Yeah, that's a tough. And no one. joke. His last name is Anderson. I mean, How many Andersons has this university hired that has burnt them? Uh, Kim Anderson, Mike Anderson. Uh, man, I couldn't tell you. I'll tell you right now who my guy is. What are you thinking? And I'm not just saying this because I'm a New Yorker and he's a local coach in the area. Is Jeff Munkin? Yeah, I, I don't hate like that idea. Jeff Munkin, and I'll start with this: what has consistently been the biggest bugaboo of Barry Odom teams in the field? Penalties. He's a he's a certain he's a service academy coach. Army is consistently one of the most disciplined teams. In college football. Mm. And also, they step up to big games. They went into Norman, Oklahoma last year, took the Sooners to overtime. They took Michigan down to the final minute in Ann Arbor. They've beaten Navy, who's been consistently good. Can I also mention that uh, this Army team, when they played against Michigan, in retrospect, not that strong of an Army team, or at least as strong as the one from the year they took Oklahoma in overtime. But they played to their I know. opponent's level. I know. And that's also a difference. The Army and Navy run the, run the option the whole game. Army doesn't run well. Army really goes with the wing T, but then again, Army never really has talented quarterbacks. Army and Navy, I don't think they've changed their game plan since like World War II. So here's where it gets That's into like be a fun game. On here's where it gets into the guys that I like. Uh, first off, Willie Fritz is a name that pops off the dome. Nope, nope, first. nope. I got a friend that goes to Tulane. He said, "Nope, you don't want him." <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Isn't this the first year that Tulane's been good in, like, forever? They're 6-6, six and six, and they're only 6-6 six and six because they pulled off that miracle against Houston. I mean, but still, that's 6-6. <laughs> six and six. That's not too bad. But anyways. Will Healy? I, I'm just worried that there's not very many big names out there right now. Well, the big name is Brian Harson, and I don't think he would come to Mizzou. If he did, that is the equivalent of a Grand Slam. But anyways, what I mean by Willie Fritz is if Mizzou is looking for, like, an offense guy or at least, like, some sort of field general, I think Willie Fritz is, like, the most experienced out of all these, like, supposed field generals out there. I feel like his scheme is very sound, and he's, you know, pretty keen to adapting as well. He ran straight option when he was at uh, Georgia Southern. He sort of, like, adapted that a little bit at Tulane, had a little bit, you know, more, like, spread concepts and things like that. So it's not, like, below him or anything like that to sort of, like, try to adapt to – like a different style of play. Now, would that sort of equal, equal wins in the SEC? I don't know. That's the thing, though. There aren't a whole lot of like coaches out there with SEC pedigrees, except for the guy who's at the top of my list, actually. And that's Bill Dapier, who has spent Where is some time. right now? Uh, he's with uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, Lafayette, the Rage Occasions, who are playing App State in the uh, Sunbelt title game, I believe. But anyways, you look at him. Uh, he's had some success. He's got some pedigree. He. Uh, was part of the, uh, I believe, the coaching staff with Nick Saban, with uh, Alabama, spent some time at Clemson as well. Now he's had his own team with the Raging Cajuns, and so far they've been pretty darn solid by my estimation. And they have a good shot at winning the Sun Belt title game, and I believe his first like one or two years with the program. So, plus he's young, he's cheap. So those are like some of the a couple of qualities if you're looking for I'm someone. Gonna, I'm going to stop you right there about the cheapness. Missouri does not need to be cheap in the situation. But they will be. I agree. Oh, but they, I, of course they will be, and their track record goes back to Dan Devine in 1969. I, he wanted $10,000 for his next season, uh, added on to his, I think his contract was like fifty grand. a $10,000 raise they said for no. someone who won their last conference championship. Missouri said no. Idiots. Where did he end up? <laughs> Notre Dame won a national championship. Oh, boy. 
anyways, but yeah, what I mean is, this it, is and this is, and sorry, Chris, to interrupt you. But this is why I'm going to stick with Josh Heupel the whole way, even though it's not necessarily completely realistic. Heupel's the guy they need to hire. They 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 need to pony up the money for him. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention too. I think this came out like around the same time as like they were talking about starting the coaching search. And how they sort of got like a seal of approval from the chancellors and sort of the Missouri board that finances wouldn't be too much of an issue if they have to pay a buyout somewhere that's like upwards of or like beyond like a million dollars. So who knows? I'm just saying like for my money, if you're going for like a value guy who's like, you know, has some experience, you know, recruiting in the southeast playing a sort of like southeast style football. Hold on. Hold on. Bill I want to change might the be topic shot for, for you. a second. Also, who is your worst possible hire what is your worst, worst possible wow Barry Odom uh, no like realistically like um, what would make you wake up in the morning and see your look at your phone and just go oh god honestly uh, Blake Anderson Mike Leach no I had a dream a couple nights ago that it was Willie Taggart see people keep saying Willie Taggart and I don't understand where that's coming from I'm like, an Oregon fan is it a little bit any, like hating Nickelback I, no, I mean, like... I am an Oregon fan. If anybody knows why you should hate Willie Taggart, it is that. I mean, there's just been, like, this aura of fear that uh, I don't Mizzou ca- might hire Willie Taggart. I don't, I don't care I don't if he was bad from. at Florida State. I care that he went into Oregon, said it was his dream job, used it as a stepping stone, and then after one year just bailed on the team, took all his recruits with him, and frankly... <laughs> We call him Slick Willie for a reason, but guess what? Oregon turned out better, and they are in the Pac-12 championship. And because of that, I'm going to segue into another guy that I think the Mizzou might be looking at, and that's Marcus Arroyo, who's hmm. the offensive coordinator for the Ducks. Hmm. I haven't heard that name. I like that, though. I, I think like I've what... heard about 30 different names flying around. <laughs> I've heard Arroyo floated. He's worked with Herbert. He's worked with Mariota. He's a quarterback whisperer. I like the style of... Uh... I like the style of play that is uh, at least his offensive line brings. Oh, and he chokes in big games. He's perfect for Mizzou. <laughs> Anyways, just bring just bring the bad vibes everywhere. But yeah, uh, really, we won't have anything concrete as far as like names wise goes for you, at least for the foreseeable future. Probably won't. We'll try to have something. <laughs> well, I think we very well can have something in the next week. Yeah, we I, might. I hate to say it, which I think Missouri is going through this process way too quickly. Reminds me a lot of the way they hired Kim Anderson. Which is yeah, boom. In a vacuum, I would. In a vacuum, I would agree. But also with the caliber of teams they are sort of fighting against to get like their guy, who might also want coaches that Mizzou is looking at. I understand the sort of like hustle they're showing here. Well, like, I, who are I, you I, fighting? I understand. With? I, Ole Miss. I understand that there's that there's hustle be. to get it. You don't want to be you know like playing musical chairs left without a seat. But at the same time, you you can't go out and hire a guy like Blake Anderson. Like, I would argue Mizzou is the second biggest name on the list right now after Florida State. I think Ole Miss is a step above Mizzou. Ole Miss is never going to be good, though. Mizzou has a chance to win the East every couple of years. Ole Miss is never going to beat, let's see, they're never going to beat Alabama. They're never going to beat LSU as long as Ed Orgeron's there. Jimbo Fisher could turn the Aggies into a power. Auburn's good to really good every couple of years. And... Speaking really? of Mississippi, Mississippi State's State. always good. Ooh. Speaking of uh, speaking speaking of Mississippi State and Ole Miss, how about that? How about the oh egg bowl? Oh my god, that game was so great. <laughs> Talking talk about a no pun intended pissing away a game. <laughs> uh, outside of that, um, shoot. As a Giants fan, that saw Odell Beckham do the same thing. 
traumatized. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we can wax on a little bit more about this, maybe get into <laughs> <laughs> the legacy of Barry Odom at this program, things of that nature. Also talk about some Mizzou hoops because uh, it's, str- it's been the struggle bus, y'all. We'll get into a little bit. It's not all bad. Drew Locke exists. That is true. And we also got some NFL news for you. Ha <laughs> ha! Didn't think you'd hear that. Anyways, we'll be right back with some more Salute Sports here on KCLU 88.1 FM and KCLU.FM. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Jones for one of these nights, a solo podcast-style sports talk show covering the weirdest and wackiest of sports history. I take a deep dive into the old and noteworthy of Mizzou and all four major professional sports. Stick around for the second hour to unwind with the best of classic rock from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I'm on Sunday nights recording live from 8 to 10 p.m. on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM in the Blue Box. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music if you ever miss a show. It's one of these nights, the perfect way to end your weekend. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you must use a chainsaw, follow the instructions to be safe. Wear a hard hat, safety glasses, earplugs, thick work gloves, chaps, and boots. Always hold the saw at waist level or below and make sure that others remain far away. Stop! Stop! If you are cut... Put direct pressure on the wound to stop bleeding and get medical help as soon as possible. To learn more, call the CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. Like a, this feels like a twelve-inch like club mix. Christmas, you it's kind of like Barry Odom, and the very next day you took him away. Anyways, a twelve-inch version, so it's like a longer version. They could play like clubs and stuff. It's a little bit longer. The beats I don't are a little bit think longer. Blake Anderson will be special. Oh God. Anyways, <laughs> so here we are, the tail end of the Barry Odom tenure as Mizzou football head hey, coach. If uh, if they hire Blake Anderson. We should make a Three Stooges segment ne- next semester <laughs> where you have Mike Anderson come in. <laughs> Mike Anderson. Well, I feel like we should get into the Drew Locke thing because okay, that, we can start Drew Locke that. is probably the biggest beneficiary of Barry Odom, and he had his first NFL start on Sunday as the Chargers took on – it was the Chargers and the Broncos in a rare – NFL segment of Salute Your Sports. That and what did y'all think? I think he looked really good. I thought he w- looked really good at forcing a pass interference call. Hey, that t- that <laughs> first touchdown to, Sut- to Cortland Sutton was a beautiful throw. Led well, the receiver perfectly. So he had two touchdowns in the first quarter. But the second half, he completed, what, two of six? 
remember the Chargers defense also good, and they had Derwin James back. That is true. But yeah, uh, he looked pretty solid. I think he did have one pick though. I forget like. Yeah, when? Drew Locke's always good for a boneheaded pick. For at least one. Do you think he has the potential to be the best Missouri Tiger quarterback in the NFL? Yes. Because there's, uh, there's not been many. There's been Chase Daniel, Chase Daniel, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert Brad Smith. Brad Smith was a Jet, right? That, that's right. Yeah. Except he was mostly using Wildcat sets. Interesting. He, really he, he returned kickoffs. Returned kickoffs. That's right. Speaking of quarterbacks who play special teams, how about Taysom Hill? God, he's so good. <laughs> I could definitely see a few quarterbacks in college right now being looked at as sort of like a Taysom Hill type. And speaking of Charlie Taysom Plumley. Hill, whoever's uh, whoever's the head coach of the Missouri Tigers next year, you're going to have to play as a his alma mater out in Provo. Ooh. Yes, that's right. We do have a trip to BYU next year. Wow. <laughs> Dang. Oh, man. And I can already tell you, I'm going to look into my crystal ball, Mizzou's going to lose that game. Well. Are you sure it's not the Mormon ta- Tabernacle Ball? Uh, Have you seen that stadium? Oh, that stadium is gorgeous. It's yeah, really? it's really cool. That's where they like, played uh, Utah this year, right? It's like nestled in the mountains. It's beautiful. It's really great. Should be a lot like uh, Colorado Stadium. Then, have you ever been there? Uh, oh, in Boulder? Boulder. It's also nestled in the mountains too. That's really cool. Anyways, shout out to BYU. Shout out to uh, uh, I'm like Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mormon Jordan, baby. Oh my God, I think he plays in uh where is he playing now? He's in China. That's right. He, I think he plays for like the Shanghai Sharks. What is that? That's uh, a Chinese league team. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Him is, and is that uh, Stephon like Marbury. Football league. That by the way, rip. Yeah. Rest in peace. Arena football league. Oh, it's Any like, players play in the arena football league. It's like the. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna make a hockey reference, but it's like the KHL to the NHL. Mm. Like Chinese basketball is pretty competitive. Yeah. It gets pretty wild. Anyways, uh, as a man, I'm just like kind of tentatively worried about Drew Locke as like a offensive prospect because they don't necessarily have a coach that's sort of offensive minded that makes any fit sense Vic Fangio definitely one of those like old school like defensive head coach types which isn't really get him a head coach yeah I mean well, excuse me get him an offensive line you'll get the rest yeah I mean yeah it, it right now it just feels like it isn't like super conductive for like the best possible out- offensive production for Drew Locke but I feel like there is a chance for him to like develop at some in some way, at some point, with Denver, so that'll be interesting to watch. Man, he'll have he'll have to play at Arrowhead too. Ooh. Do you think? Uh, oh man, yeah, he's playing there in a couple weeks. That's true. Man, sheesh. Do you think that having uh, John Elway as a, as an owner, or I guess general manager, right? Uh, yeah. Do you owner, think John Elway helps? I mean, I don't know. Ask. Uh, That's what I mean. Having, having Trevor having... Simeon, Paxton Lynch, uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Probably add some pressure to you. Elite Joe Flacco. Elite Joe Smoke Flacco. Smoking J. Uh, last two or so years of Peyton Manning. Uh, Kyle Orton. Well, Peyton Manning is his own entity. True. Anyway, so yeah, that's Drew Locke. Shout out to him for getting his first NFL dub. Looking pretty good in the process. <coughs> Catching those P.I. calls. Shout doesn't out to, ma- the, shout out to ma- the Chargers. Doesn't matter how you do it. Just matters that, just matters that you get doesn't it. Doesn't matter how it looks. Just matters that it's a 1-0 on your career stat line that's a double <laughs> qb wins uh you know very uh sought after for some reason i don't know drew we're proud of you keep it going yeah so Make barry owns legacy barry, or barry lack of thereof barry, well let's get let's when say. drew lock becomes a pro bowler an nfl team is going to hire barry odin because he coached drew lock okay all right so yeah hot take hey it's mike let's cliff kingsbury here. take of the week 
let's get started here. Um, okay. Do you mind so, if I uh, do, do you mind if I have the opening remarks here for, for Barry Odom's legacy? Uh, yeah, go for it. So Barry Odom, with with, uh, with all those five lost seasons, he had three of them, three of his four years. He has the highest percentage, or not five loss, five game losing streaks. He has the highest percentage of uh, of five game losing streaks out of any Missouri head coach. Huh, that's interesting. And uh, it gets even more interesting. If if Missouri had lost to Arkansas, Odom become the sixth head coach in Tigers history to lose six straight games, and the first to complete the feat since Larry Smith in 1995. Hmm. And uh, three Missouri head coaches have been fired after having a season with five or more straight losses. Now make that four. Hmm. Hmm. Mizzou has had 17 seasons between 10 head coaches with five game losing streaks, and Odom holds three of those for himself. Odom is only one of two head coaches in Missouri history who had back-to-back seasons with five game losing streaks. You know the other one? Any, any guess? Frank Cadario, who, who had back-to-back seasons with eight straight losses in 1933 Oops. and 1934. Frank Cadario. Frank Cadario. 1933. I'm going to jot that name down because something tells me that's gonna that name's going to hit me over the head sometime in an or not second semester. And and both those teams went Good one call. and nine. Man, shout out to 10, ten game uh, college football seasons. By the way, Odom Odom argued that you know that that he had won more games in his first four years out of any Missouri head coach since since Warren Powers, and you know not to not to diminish what he did, but on the other hand, he, he's trying to compare himself to Pinkle and saying that Pinkle inherited a program that was in a much worse position. Plus. There, there have been some people uh, making arguments about, you know, why why have you fired Odom when, you know, when Gary Pink was in a similar situation or with, with the worst record in his, you know, in his first four or five years at Mizzou. Pinkle, however, had a resume to back himself up. He turned a Toledo program that was in the dust. No, below the dust, below, below loam. Terrible, terrible Toledo program. You, you looking at me for a final statement? Well, no, this is about, it's about all I got to say about it. But the fact is that, you know, what comparing what Odom did with a program that, yes, did have setbacks because the 2015 protests, and comparing him with Pinkle, uh, who took a program where he could not even go to the two major cities in the state of Missouri and talk to high school coaches for, for recruitment, I don't think that's really a fair comparison. All right. You want my words? I got four words for you. True son truer disappointment represented the school with class always held himself and his teammates to and his uh, his his team to a high regard they had their had their backs in the locker room but never held them to high discipline but never held them to high discipline and unfortunately that rubs off on let me take a deep breath here <sighs> middle tennessee state indiana purdue Wait, no, Indiana was in Yeah, there. yeah, Indiana was under Middle people. Tennessee State on homecoming. Purdue losing in the monsoon in South Carolina. Losing five straight in, what, 2017. Choking Kentucky last year. Wyoming. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Kentucky without a quarterback. No touchdowns in, like, three weeks. Yeah. This was not a good tenure. This was the talent that Mizzou had. Mizzou had talented players. Mizzou was favored in, in 10 out of 12 games this year and only won six. 
I mean, I'm not expecting Mizzou to be a blue blood, but I'm expecting them to be so- a good coach would have this team somewhere in the level of, you know what? I've been saying this this whole time. Minnesota. Look at P.J. Fleck. He took a perpetually mediocre football team. Year one, they were okay. Year two, they got better, but there was culture there. And now year three, row the boat, two losses, a win over a top five team at home, and they're probably headed to a New Year's six. I, I think that that's that, what Mizzou should aspire to be. Exactly. And it's it's not having a New Year's six every year, but every three or four years to, to, have, to have a New Year's six appearance. Which is what they had under Pinkle. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very doable bar. And Jim Sturk even said it himself in his press conference uh, the Saturday after he fired Odom. Which I guess, well, I guess it was last Saturday because that's the same night. But I got you. Okay. And by Whew. the way, if I can add this, and I'm going to steal yeah. this from from Josh Neighbors' show. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. What's this show? Whenever uh, no, uh, huddle, no huddle, no huddle. Shouts to no huddle. And Whenever you put Josh Neighbors and Barry Odom in the same sentence, the next sentence following is always going to be entertaining. The one thing that Josh brought up this was the weekend before uh, Thanksgiving break. So this was this was the Tennessee game. Josh was on uh, was on Sports Saturday here, and he he had called the Florida game the week before, and he said this pretty much wraps it up into one sentence, and not one sentence, but into one instance as to as to what Missouri. Just, just, just kind of the epitome of the year, maybe as an epitome under Barry Odom, and that's during that controversial interception call or non-interception call against Missouri in the Florida game. If you remember this one, oh yeah, uh, you know, define you know what is a catch, what is an interception, and that kind of blew the definition out of the water to both ways. And Florida, during this, you know, during the review timeout, had both teams, their offense and the defense. Out on the field with their respective, you know, coaches, and they were planning what, you know, what's going to be our next move because we don't know if we're going to get the ball back or not. You're telling me Barry Odom didn't have the team prepared. Missouri's players, they had, you know, they had some dance cam thing going on the video board. We're dancing along to the video board with the, you know, with the with the camera and everything, and of you know, we're watching the replay, <laughs> oh my and God. we're not getting prepared as to what the next step is going to be. And then what happened when Florida got the ball? They immediately scored. Exactly. And I think that that Josh Neighbors brought that up, so I want to give him credit for that. I did not know that. And wow. I think it's one of those things you're only going to see, I think, if you're at, you know, you're not going to see that on, on the national television broadcast. I was at the game. I didn't see that. And, uh, well, it's, it's something that, you know, that, that Josh brought up, having that high, you know, view on top of the, on top of the Florida uh, sideline across the field. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I mean, don't you agree? Don't you agree that just sums like everything up about no, just I about think, just not being prepared? I think what sums this all up was all the flash, that stupid uh, marching band video they took in the middle of July, all the clout, all the fancy uniforms. They're Oregon without the winning. That's what it is. That's what it is. You notice good schools, maybe they'll pull out an alternate uniform every so often. Not Mizzou. Shiny new helmet every week. Always flashy. Always trying to be the best-looking team on the field. The best-looking team on the field is not the team that commits over 100 yards and penalties every given week. By the way, if you want to talk about money, about other sources of money, you know how much money Missouri got from all the uh, alcohol sales from this year? A lot? A little? Take any guess. I feel like they didn't get much. I didn't see many people drinking at the games. thought they said it was up over $14 million. What? Geez, those Tennessee fans must have really done it in. I believe that that was. I'll to, to double check the figure there. 
That's a that's a good. Wow. Geez, I mean, I understand that this team might trigger some people to go get their overpriced spirits at the at the concessions, but I didn't think it was that much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are we switching gears? I mean, I was just going to say like a couple things real quick and then that'll be it. That'll be done. We can talk about hoops and then we could get to our statements of the week. Because it is 441 right now. <laughs> okay. We did say so, it was going to be juicy. Here's the thing. It's very, very tough for your first ever major head coaching gig or head coaching gig in total to be in the SEC. At your e- alma mater. At your alma mater. Sorry, if I can give you the, give you, give the, uh, the, uh, the uh, correct number there. It's about $4 million. Okay. But still, yeah, that sounds a little bit more right. That's a that's a whole lot of money. That is a whole lot of money. Anyways, it's tough for your first ever head coaching gig to be at your alma mater in the SEC, <laughs> where you're expected to sort of I don't know, I don't know, climb on top of the or you know, continue on I guess the dynasty I guess of one of the best head football head coaches ever in Mizzou history. I'm struggling to think of some, someone else who belongs up in that Mount Rushmore of uh, Mizzou sports coaches than Gary Pinkle, or more deserving of one than Gary Pinkle. So you have that at the outset. There's been some, you know, off-field issues going on, not just with the program, but with the school as a whole, the NCAA student protest however much you want to factor that into actual on-field performance it was going to be inevitable that Barry Odom's tenure at Mizzou was going to be laden with a lot of rookie mistakes you can see that in how he sort of managed the clock you can see that in how he wanted to you know be like everyone's buddy uh, in the locker room, which is fine I think it's I actually it's do fine think it, if you win no what I mean is that is a very good Win or lose, it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. Like as long as you have that skill to have, you can build off of that. It's a very it's a you know solid trait to have in a head coach, and it's an important one, I think. You, you know, even if you're like winning or losing, just like being able to, I don't know, rally the team behind you or whatever. But again, it comes back to you know committing a whole bunch of penalties per game. It comes to you know. Not being able to get your boys to focus in games like that monsoon against uh, South Carolina, or getting them to sort of rally uh, this year, where it can be very easy to sort of just like, I don't know, shift it into neutral. As Paying like more t- attention to the hype videos for Vanderbilt than the actual game well, against Vanderbilt. I well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, it can be sort of tough to as a first-year head coach, to sort of get all your ducks in a row, coach the way you, like, want, get your staff the way you want. Like, especially with, uh, that's another thing, too, that can kind of plague you if you're an inexperienced head coach. Um, Getting your staff right, getting getting the people you want, because, man, that assistant, like, coaching wheel was just like a circus almost for those first few years. Even still, after Josh Eipel left, he still had, you know, you went out and got Derek Dooley. I thought Dooley would be better. I really did. Hey, man. 
we've all had that mistake, I guess. We've all made that mistake. And now, like, you had the, or Odom himself had the program pretty well set up. Like, the defense was, you know, trending upwards. Uh, you didn't have a liability at quarterback. You had someone, you know, who played at Clemson. You had a five-star-ish caliber talent and Kelly Bryant coming around. So this wasn't going to be like a super duper, like fantastic, unbelievable year, but you're in a good position coming into this year. You take a look at the schedule and you think maybe there's, if everything goes right, you got maybe, you know, at the very least eight wins. If you want to be super generous, nine or 10 and you finish six and six. Now, for any other coach, six and six with losses to terrible teams. I yeah, but still six and six. Yeah, that's really the only way you could get six and six with a schedule like that. So six and six, nonetheless. Um, I feel like with anyone with any other athletic director. Well, that's another thing. When you're at, when the athletic director who picked you bounces to Baylor in like less than a year after he picked you and then you're stuck with the guy who didn't really want you may not have wanted you there in the first place and is looking for you to like i don't know make yourself get out that can also be a thing and at the, to wrap things up in a bow doing the rookie mistake of asking for a vote of confidence in a year where you're basically playing with house money yes you finished six and six but maybe you could convince them to like make you hang around a little bit longer i don't know Maybe rally and, I don't know, get to a bowl next year, see how things go from there. But to sort of, I don't know, go into panic mode like that, sort of like dovetails together, wraps up into, you know, just things that can happen when you're a first-year inexperienced head coach. I think this is probably a very valuable learning experience for Barry Odom as a head coach and as a person and things of that nature. I don't think this is going to be the last that the greater college football sphere sees a Barry Odom as a head coach. What I think will happen is I think he'll take some time as like an assistant again as some other program. coordinator, a, a coordinator. I hear, well, he's you know, going to, be going to Virginia Tech, isn't he? Uh, that's what we're hearing. That's that's the word on the street. And that would be a pretty solid program to go to. Hey, Josh, well. you're never getting rid of him. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of like, I don't know. Get back in, like, the assistant saddle. See what else you can, like, glean from being, like, a head coach. I don't know. Pick up some more traits and then maybe come back. See how you can figure in, like, a, maybe a group of five or a power five. Or, I don't know. Anywhere in, like, the FBS sphere, I feel like you can make it in, some, in, like, some years. Basically, what I'm saying is I don't think Barry Odom was ready to be a head coach in the SEC, even if it was for Mizzou. It's a bummer, but I feel like <laughs> if the times were different, if we got the timing different, this could have been, I don't know, pretty beneficial for Mizzou. But as it stands, there are just too many mistakes, too many rookie mistakes happening under Barry Odom's watch as head coach. And that's ultimately what brought down uh, his sort of, I guess, legacy as a Mizzou head coach. Uh I don't hate him really at all. I really don't hate all like the pomp and circumstance and like style and funky stuff around Mizzou because I don't know. It's cool. I like all the new helmets and stuff. It's inter it's kind of interesting for that to be like I don't know. To switch up your look a little bit. It's cool. Well, that's, that's, that's also not that's not his decision. I know. It's yeah. It's just that's like, the athletic department wanting to you know do as much as they can to bring in recruiting. Yeah. Um, and but, I, but but be talk about things that they spend money on to bring in better recruits. That whole South End Zone project. Yeah. And and Barry Odom is is not is not something on that same caliber as that South End Zone project. If you want to. Keep on bringing in better yeah. players. Or like, yeah, or taking in like mid-level, like 
three and a half, three star talent that maybe other like blue blood programs aren't looking at and sort of elevating them like beyond well, like and, what and, and that's their caliber that Gary Pinkle did. Yeah, that's his four forty eight. We should probably talk about hoops. Absolutely fantastic with. Yeah, and Odom has not carried that over. Anyways, but and, but but oh, I'll I'll leave with this. Given that Gary Pinkle also had a fantastic coaching staff around him, Barry Odom did true. not. That is true, and then a lot of that is also on Odom. And I think just who fig- stays? Does Walter stay? I I think he does. I'm not, sh- I'm not is, sure. Isn't Walter the interim head coach right now? No, that's Brickley. He's the interim right now. Brian Walter is still. I, the- I think Derek Dooley's gone. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, you can't not score a touchdown a month and stay. Yeah. Anyways. Long story short, sorry, Barry. Wish it could have worked out. Unfortunately, that didn't. It also absolutely makes sense that it did not work out the way it did. <laughs> Anyways, we're just going to keep it here, talk about hoops for a little bit. Um, It's been kind of ugly <laughs> these past couple of weeks from his hoops, really. That, well, that was a Kim Anderson caliber loss. That, I yeah. mean, Josh said that was UMKC on. level. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Mizzou lost to Charleston Southern. A by, buy-in game. A buy-in game, single digit. Mizzou was favored by 20 points. And the score was not as close as the the score did not represent how not close the game was. Like Charleston Southern was hitting everything. Oh, it, <laughs> you know, you know that they were they were second to last out of three hundred fifty six teams in three pointers. Yep. It, no, it, pardon me, in three point percentage. Do you know what their head coach did after the game? He took them to get a. Get he took them all to Andes. Yeah, he got Aww. milkshakes. Yeah. That's, That's cute. It's, awesome. It, well, it, it's it's just it's just one of their things they do. That's yeah. actually awesome. And it's, like, and, I love and, that. and it's whenever they get a win, he takes them to get milkshakes, and that's the first time he's taken to a Power Five win. I think you know Power Five milkshake. Well, you got to remember, Mizzou years. is the third major power school that has fallen to a team that was a buy-in game favored by over twenty-seven that is this true. year. And UMBC Athletics Twitter account is going crazy with it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, have you seen all the? <laughs> oh yeah, man, they're trolling. Like, a lot of underdogs having their well, day. I, was st- like I mean, where that. we start? Kentucky losing to Evansville. Yeah, and then I almost just said Stephen A. Smith, Stephen, Stephen F. F. Austin, <laughs> the Lumberjacks. That was the most. That was the most incredible experience watching that game, but. Enough about better basketball schools. Let's talk <laughs> Mizzou because I am headed to Philadelphia this weekend. I will be on the call. Yes, I am going to do my own ad read here. I will be on the call. Seven thirty. Statement of the week. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Let's do statements of the week real quick. I'm going to get some music backed up for you. Wait, are you going to get the? Wait, where's the? That's the music. Yeah. All right. We're sticking with the Philadelphia theme here? Yeah. Okay, this Saturday, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern, I'll be live from the Lyakura Center in Philadelphia solo as I will have the call of Missouri against the American Athletic Conference leading Temple Owls this Saturday. That is going to be presented by El Rancho. And if that's not enough for you, we're also sending a crew out to Lincoln, Nebraska for volleyball. That's right. I'll be producing that game. We're going to have a stacked in-studio crew. It'll be great. We're going to talk all about volleyball because, hey, man, this Mizzou volleyball team, pretty darn good. And a little bit of nostalgia for me, Case Rosenberg, Caleb Lewis, my crew that went to Lincoln last year, they're going back. Justin Bear is my replacement as I will be out eating cheesesteaks 
and probably cracking bad, always sunny references on air. <laughs> so please, please do the clean ones. So please. this Saturday, Mizzou Temple, the Nightman cometh. Because he is a master of karate and friendship for everyone. What's your statement? So can my statement of the week be a uh, be a redaction, a uh, a letter to the editor? Uh, sure. Edit? It could be a retraction. A yeah, retraction because uh, I messed up on my figure about the alcohol sales. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? So I, I, I could have sworn I saw it as $4.1 million, which then I So we went from 14. 14.1. To 4 huge, million. Huge difference there. Huge yeah. difference there. Well, then. Do you want to know the actual number? Oh, boy. Which I, I know I'm sounding like an idiot. How bad we I'd, I'd, I'd rather be wrong. Twice and give a correction, then just be wrong twice. That's fair. What was it? Five hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge difference. Uh, on, on the bright side, their loss to CSU didn't cost them anything. Hey, man. <laughs> it cost them a lot. It cost them respect. Probably about what that cost them dignity. They probably paid them a couple hundred thousand dollars. Cost them confidence in right? Conzo Martin. It cost the uh, Charleston Southern Athletic Department a lot of money on on milkshakes. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a wise crack of myself here. That was a mistake I made. Okay. Jeez, that's why none of us are going into math. <laughs> that's why none of us well, are hey, going at least in the era of fake news, I'm going to own up to it. Yeah. Man, if only Matt Terry was here. He's a math guy. Anyways, my statement, of the week, my statement of the week is uh, KCU Sports has a Twitch account now. We do? That's right. Is uh, that your brainchild? Yeah. I'm of spirit. course it was. Yeah, I'm spirited in this project. Next thing you know, uh, we're going to have a TikTok. <laughs> I don't think so. That fat might die by the, by the time we get around to it. Anyways. What, it's going to so, be the next Vine? Something like that. It already is the next Vine. Anyways. So, yeah, KCOU has a Twitch now. Rick sort of tentative on, like, what sort of program we want on it right now. I'm thinking it's got to be, like, somewhere, like, in the realm of, like, bonus content or Fortnite. something. Yeah, or, like, after-hours stuff. Esports. Esports, after-hours stuff, that kind of stuff. Karaoke parties. Yeah, for, uh, you know, shows with bona fides things of that nature so stick around we'll probably have some sort of idea of what we're gonna do with that but for now it exists go follow it if you have a twitch account or let your friends know if they have twitch accounts so we you can do follow a, we doing a christmas uh, episode next week uh that's up to you guys hey uh you guys gonna be in town i have a, I will. I have a kill me shift so i can maybe call in <laughs> call okay. in chris me i think i can be here ugly sweaters I don't have an ugly sweater, but I do have a sweater. Otherwise, I think. Uh, sweater. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next semester, which I guess is not time slot yet. Yeah. Uh, we were thinking Friday. Yeah, I can think Friday. Friday. From like well, 2 to 3? Yeah, that's doable. Friday okay. from 2 to 3. Okay. I, well, I got I to gotta check my schedule first. Right. Anyways. So, without further ado or don't, this has been Salute Your Sports. It's been a weird one because there's been so much to cover. We did not give nearly enough justice. But, hey, maybe we can sort of, like, bleed into that. Christmas episode next week. Anyway, so for James Stanley, for Zach Berman, I'm Chris Mitchell. This has been Salute Your Sports. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.